Hi everyone, my name is Steve Tudor and welcome to the Premier League show. It's been a while. On today's pod, we're going around the grounds, offering up thoughts and predictions for all of the big weekend games. We'll also be revisiting yesterday's transfer deadline day, one that was ultimately about as exciting as a broken radiator. Joining me to discuss all this, I'm delighted to have two Friday favourites. And yes, I say that regularly, but I really mean it this time. It's the Howard of Hocking and Chris Apakis. Hi Howard, you well? Uh, yeah, fine, thanks. Not bad. On my third coffee already. So. Third? <laughs> what time did you wake up? Oh, well, there's a story there. Right. <laughs> I decided to uh, install a, a sleep tracker app last night just to see right. if I shout out. <laughs> no, just, just to see what my sleep's like. I don't know how they work. What I didn't mm. realise was that it installs its own alarm <laughs> and it was set for 5.30am. Oh. So at 5.30am I'm woken by these, this dulcet like lift music type thing. So yeah, been awake since 5.30 but I've got a lot to do so it's no bad thing. So. And it's Friday. So. Yeah, and it's indeed Friday, yeah. Yeah, good weekend ahead. Uh, Chris, are you, are you well? Are you looking forward to the weekend? Steve, Howard, how are you both? I'm well, thank you. I'm yeah. looking forward to... This weekend, this weekend of fixtures and, and just taking it easy, to be honest with you. I've, I've heard rumours that you're feeling quite delicate right now after a wedding. Oh, yeah, I'm still a shell of myself from, from last <laughs> weekend. My brother got married, so slowly getting back into the rhythm. And yeah, I think a weekend at home watching some football is probably a good, yes. a good uh, um, option for me moving forward Absolutely. here. Absolutely. <laughs> Perfect way to convalesce. Um, before we get to the games, obviously yesterday was transfer deadline day, and as I said in the intro, pretty dull all told. There, there are some interesting ones, um, but a lot of them, you know, transpired before yesterday. Um, Howard, are you? Let, let's start with asking: Were you surprised at how kind of it, it was? Wasn't really exciting, was it? No, I forgot. I forgot it was deadline day. <laughs> I mean, I, the old I, days. I, I forgot how to talk then for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't get my words out. He just overwhelmed by transfer windows yeah, yeah. slamming <laughs> shut. I mean, in the old days, when City were desperate for anyone, you know, we'd be hooked to Sky Sports News and the yellow mm. banners all day, wouldn't you? Or the yeah. reporter outside the ground. That Obviously, a well run club doesn't need to be making signings on the last day. Of January and it was clear throughout January City weren't doing anything so my interest waned anyway because 80% of transfer windows what your own club's doing there's about 20% interest in what's going on elsewhere but I think it was pretty clear for how people were reporting and there was just not going to be not much going on and I guess that's a PSR thing like, it surprised me I know there's a tightening of the belts for a lot of clubs Premier League ones are a bit worried that they don't that 10 point deduction for Everton has got a lot of people scared basically they don't, yeah. yeah yeah they're, they're rerunning the figures aren't they basically but I'm still surprised that there wasn't more activity uh at least some loan deals I mean there has been some of course and like to Timo Werner of course earlier in the window went to Spurs they've signed mm. someone else so they've had a good window uh I saw uh What's that old City player that's gone to Bournemouth? I say City player, it was only the Unal, isn't it? Uh, has gone to Bournemouth, yes. so there's there's deals like that, but you know, no offence to Bournemouth or Unal, nothing that really excites that much. So yeah, it looks like financial regulations have, have, are making their mark big time. So, 
But as City yeah. weren't going to do anything anyway, I'm quite happy no one else has either. Well, I mean, concerning City, Morgan Rogers went to uh, Villa from Middlesbrough, which means mm. two million quid in the, in the coffers for us. Woohoo, Kachi! I know we've made some money on about three deals, I think, without doing anything. So. <laughs> yeah. As it, it was ever with us, yeah. I would say the most intriguing one yesterday was Armando Brogia going from Chelsea to Fulham. And it just ah. makes sense for me. I mean, Fulham need a striker, <laughs> you know. No, but you, you can absolutely see him in a Fulham shirt, can't you? You really can. To the extent where you think, has he played for them before? Um, <laughs> I think it's because he's Was he born a in a Fulham shirt? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's got a bit of a Mitrovic's about him, hasn't he? In yeah, terms yeah. Of, you know, so he's, he's a very kind of shrewd loan deal, that. And, and he could hit the ground running. Mason Holgate's gone to Sheffield United from Everton yesterday. Oh, it's not, I tell, the most in, interesting one of the whole transfer window for me is Adam Wharton. Um, really exceptionally mm. kind of uh, promising youngster, uh, midfielder, uh, potential kind of, you know, international in the future. But Palace, I mean, they're spending up to 22 million quid on him, which is it's going to be a great signing for them. And they'll have kind of sell-on value. But is he an 18-year-old? Is he what we need right now? It, it's a bit of an odd time of year to be looking to the future for me. But... Looking at the future anyway, you know, Chris, City have signed Claudio, I'm going to say the, the name wrong, Echeverri. <laughs> we need Lloyd. We need Lloyd here to correct us, basically, don't we? From, uh, from River Plate. I can say River Plate anyway. Um, Chris, I always get really excited uh, about an unknown kid from South America. Are you the same? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think what's most exciting about this deal is it's yet again another quality player from River Plate coming in um, who have a history of producing, you know, top talent in recent years, you know, the likes of Endo Fernandez, Julian Alvarez and the like. So I think it's a pretty low risk deal for us. And I I like the fact that we're starting to develop a strong relationship with River. Um, I think we included a sort of a goodwill bonus in this deal. So... I imagine the city hierarchy see River as a pretty reliable resource in terms of bringing in uh, future South American talent in the coming years. So I think this is definitely a, a relationship to keep an eye on. Um, you know, yeah, go on. I was going to say, it's just something like but that kit, that sash, and you yeah. see like a youngster wearing that sash, and you hear that it's <laughs> like, you know, an exciting kind of midfielder. It's like, oh, this is exactly the sign that I love. I, don't, I can't quite know why. Well, yeah, he's a top young prospect. I mean, he's only really, he's 18 years old, born in 2006. If, if that makes you feel old or young, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. But, uh. you know, as every um, attacking player coming out of Argentina, he has at one stage been dubbed the next Messi. And, you know, he's currently being managed by a former city legend in Martin de Michele. So I think it sounds, looks like all is well here. Yeah, he was, he was born in the year that I officially gave up drugs. <laughs> <laughs> That's a scary thought. Oh, officially. Wow. Officially, yeah, yeah. Not, Unofficially, not... you're still... <laughs> yeah. yeah, yes. <laughs> um, let's get to um, the games then this weekend. Um, we're going to start with Everton and Spurs, because obviously that's the lunchtime kickoff. Uh, I'll start with you, Howard, and looking at it from a Toffees perspective. Um, they responded so well to the, kind of, the FFP charge and, mm. and the penalty and the 10-point penalty but they've really slumped of late. They're scoring only um, a goal every 220 minutes. Calvert-Lewin hasn't scored since October. Beto's hardly a prolific striker. Their defence is decent, but without a reliable goal scorer, they look in trouble. Yeah. 
I think they're missing Duke Corey as well, but they shouldn't. shouldn't. Well, I have to say, uh, uh, Gay as well, and uh, Anana yeah. are out, and uh, Gomez. So, four of them in fields are out this weekend. Yeah, the depth's yeah. not there. It's weird. When they got uh, when they bought Daesh in, I thought, they've got the right man in to keep them up. But then what? <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. well, then you're up, and it's like, you've got Sean Daesh as your manager. But he's really impressed me. Uh, they didn't start well, did they, this season? But the, X, the dreaded XG, they were making chances. They weren't the... Quite the dour team I thought they'd be under Dash, and then they started getting the results that those performances merited. But I guess ultimately, I mean, there's such a mess off the pitch. I, it's I don't know if that's the reason really, but you know, it, it is a car crash off the pitch. The future of the club mm. is really up in the air. That seven 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 who aren't officially owners have lent more money this week, so they're pumping millions in just to keep them afloat in many respects. And I don't think they've even taken over the club yet. They're not the prospective owners. So, How, that, can I enough, ask? and everything else, of course, is points deduction that puts pressure on them. I guess eventually it was going to all this was going to weigh them down, along with the fact they haven't got a deep squad. So yeah. they've done well, but they're kind of regressing to the mean now because it's no surprise that they then started struggling. Can I just ask how? Because it's fascinating to me, and it's impossible to answer wholly. I know, but. To what degree does that impact on the players, do you think, in football? You know, if it's off-the-pitch problems, mm. does it impact on results, do you think? It must do. I mean, it's they're just it's in the news every day, something's happening. I mean, yeah. you can't... Yeah. Depends, doesn't it? That if one little thing was happening with an owner, yeah, they can, they can isolate themselves and concentrate on the football, but it's there's so much going on, is there not off-the-pitch? And, of course... Obviously, a points deduction affects the players. It's right there. It's just knocked them all the day down. And they've been charged again. And the, the uncertainty of not knowing whether anything they do is worth it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they yeah. could yeah. they could stay up by six points and then be deducted six points at the end of the season. So not even mm. knowing what whether, yeah, whether these points are where they are, where they stand and just the basic stuff of knowing where you are in life or where you are on the table, it must be draining on the players, it must weigh on their minds and not the uncertainty over the future, yeah, absolutely. In this, on this occasion, it'd be impossible for the players to ignore that, I think. Yeah. Um, if Everton are struggling to score, it's certainly not a problem for Spurs. They've scored two-plus goals in 77% of their fixtures in 23-24, which is staggering, really. It's only 1% fewer than Liverpool. They've got Madison back now, Chris. Um, how high can they climb the table, do you think, once they get all the rest of the players back and get in the same kind of shape they were at the start of the season? I mean, they're three points off us. Yeah, yeah. Three points off us, three points off Arsenal at the moment. Mm. Um, also, just, you know, I think Timo Werner is also has been a good bit of business for them. Yeah, you agreed. Know, very, very low risk from their perspective, you know, with it being a loan deal, no obligation to buy, I don't think. And he's been one of their best players since arriving, albeit he's, he's yet to score a goal. But, you know, I'm expecting these attacking stats to continue to improve uh, for Tottenham. And, you know, he's also coming back with a point to prove in the Premier League. And I think Ange will be able to harness and get the best out of him. So combine that with Madison coming back. And I think it's fairly positive times ahead for Spurs and Spurs fans. Um, they're exciting to watch and follow. And, um, you know, under the, guide, under the leadership of Ange, they're, they're, pretty, um, they're, they're pretty interesting to see how they go from here. So 
Um, you know, three points off Arsenal, but they're only three points off us. So, yeah, we do have a game in hand. So, I do think Spurs will make it and be playing Champions League football this year, to be honest with you both. Yeah. And that in itself will be a huge achievement, really. And, and certainly a major kind of stepping stone to what they want to go on and achieve, which is challenge for silverware. Um, they've signed um, Dragasin from Genoa. Um, yeah. But they've also signed, or they're in the process of signing, this teenager and 18-year-old from, 17-year-old, I should say, from Sweden, who Barcelona were, were desperate to uh, to sign. So I read a, an article this morning about how promising the kids are there uh, at Tottenham. There's four or five kind of emerging. Um, it all looks bright, Howard, really, doesn't it? It has, it has to be kind of sad. It's, it's looking bright there. Mm. Well, they had that, was it December dip? Uh, yeah. Could yeah. have gone off the rails, but and of course the got players uh, away, international duty and Madison long injury. It could easily have gone off the rails, but and just keeps. Oh. Can I just sorry? Can I just interrupt this? No, I'll finish my point. Then I've got an important <laughs> question to ask you, Steve. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but no, I mean utter respect for him for levels of performance. Yeah, I watched them at Old Trafford that draw. They were far better than United. They should have won. For keeping these performances going, when they've, despite yeah, having players all over the place, obviously they've had they've had suspensions as well and injuries. List is ridiculous. Uh, the international call-ups, it's not really derailed the performance levels. The results went off for a bit, but they're coming back again now. So, yeah, respect for them. He's doing an absolutely brilliant job there, and something to build on now. Something, yeah. Spurs will always be Spurs in a way, in that you think they're going to mess up, but for the first time, there's, there's foundations there, the first time for a while, there's proper manager of foundations there for them to build in the future. I I can't see them winning the league because I either City or Liverpool or both look like they could go on that relentless run. That's how so I feel, yeah. earlier yeah. in the season, it was looking like well, 75 points could win someone the league because yes. everyone's yeah. faltering. But if either of City or Liverpool start being relentless and City have already won eight on the bounce and Liverpool, mm. of course, uh, have only lost one all season to that controversial game against Spurs, then it's probably too much for them to do. But there's real foundations there for the future. But the really important point is, look, I, I really like the guy, but is it really acceptable for us to be calling... Managers of other clubs by their first name. Oh, well, he's, got a, he's got a long surname. <laughs> no, yeah, name. it does. It does solve the dilemma of, have, of us having to uh, pronounce his surname, but it, it's not that difficult, is it? No, so, no, it's an easy uh, to pronounce name, but it's a long name. And, and like yesterday, I know for the first time ever, I wrote in an article Trent, and I noticed uh, when I did it. But what I'd, what I'd done is in the previous paragraph, I'd, I'd called him Trent Alexander Arnold. And so it's either a case of, you know, I couldn't go the whole name, so it was either the surname or the, or the first name, and it just, it was too long, Alexander-Arnold. It took yeah. up half a, half a line. Well, I so, sign off emails with the letter H because I can't be asked typing out yeah. my name, so fair so, enough. Um, <laughs> but, Chris, I, I'm sure you have no problem calling Manch because uh, I know you're a fan of his. Um, as Howard said, he is doing an exceptional job there. Can you see this lasting at Spurs? Can you see this being a three, four-year thing where they gradually build and build and get better? Firstly, the question is, can you spell Postacoglu? Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. 
to listen to the full podcast and all our content, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.